Why is it that my client thought a stock index was safe? Probably because they had heard some of the benefits that these are good. Indices are desirable ways to access stock market returns because they're low turnover and low cost, which I would say, yes, I 100% agree with that. It is a great way for a retail investor to get diversified very easily. However, my client was very surprised to hear that, in fact, they're not safe. They're low cost. Yes, they're diversified, sort of. Are they safe in a short period of time? Definitely not. In fact, some are very unsafe. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 141 of APM Success. Today, I want to address a topic that came up recently in a client conversation. Talking to clients is awesome because it is an endless source of ideas and topics for this podcast. And here was the thing that the client said that spawned, first of all, grabbed my attention. <laughs> and second of all, spawned the idea that perhaps there's this misconception existing out there that needs to be addressed. They said, we need to buy a house in a couple of years. We thought we'd take this hundred grand that is earmarked for a down payment and just put it in something safe like an index fund. Immediately, of course, alarm bells are going off in my head. Something safe like an index fund? What are you talking about? I, this was the internal reaction. Obviously, I was trying to keep my poker face. It was not clear to this client, but in fact, index funds are not safe. <laughs> At least in the short term. They experience significant amounts of volatility, and I want to give you a couple specific examples. But before I dive all the way down into the weeds, let's talk for a minute about what is an index fund. First of all, I like index funds in general. I think they do something very useful. John Bogle, the founder of not the first index fund, but he, he's the one, the, the founder of Vanguard, and he really brought index funds into popularity in America and created a an accessible approach for the everyman investor to access market returns in an affordable way that didn't require high expense ratios. Index funds are broad-based segments of the US economy or the global economy. And an index is comprised of stocks. And in, in this case, it could be stocks or bonds, but we'll look at stocks today. Stocks of a, that, that all have a certain thing in common. And the index is a, basically a bucket of these stocks. And it's a proprietary bucket that is owned in, in many cases by either a media company or an investment company. So specifically, let's let's look at an example. I think this will be a little more easy to understand. The S&P 500. This is a commonly known index, commonly reported on in the US media. Standard & Poor's, that's what S&P stands for. Standard & Poor's 500 is a US-based, large cap US stock index. And stocks are added to and removed from the index periodically. And it's just a list. It's a list of these companies. And the return of the index is a sum of the returns, whether up or down, of all the component parts of the index. So in times of roaring economic times and everything is going really great, all companies on average are making money, growing profits and thriving and doing well and reinvesting. The stock market goes up 
And when I say the stock market, I'm talking specifically about the S&P 500 index goes up because these companies on average are doing well. The inverse is also true. When companies are doing poorly, when there's shocks to the economic system, companies report bad earnings or investors get skittish and sell a bunch of the stocks contained on the S&P 500, then the stock market goes down. Indexing is really great. Being able to buy index funds is, is awesome and is important and great for investors in general. And there's a lot that I like about index funds. They are low turnover, which means they can be tax efficient. They are generally low cost. The expense ratios of these, because they can be run with an algorithm that basically says mirror the stocks on a given list. It can be done very affordably. And there's a bunch of securities. The S&P 500 has, like I said, somewhere between 504 and 507 stocks on it at the current time. Stocks are added and removed periodically. Other ind indices like the Russell 1000, the Russell 2000, the Wilshire 5000. These are much more broad indexes, uh, indices that have many more securities on them. It's great to be able to buy a, a bunch of companies at one time without needing to buy a bunch of individual stocks. I like that about all of these different indices and the way that investors can access broad economic returns all at once. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, John Bogle, for bringing that into everyone's investment accounts. There are some things that are less than optimal about them. And I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole today, but if you're wondering, you could just Google the reconstitution effect of stock indexes. Uh, that's one of them. Basically, whenever stocks are added or removed, sometimes that creates friction that, that harms the returns of indexes, as well as some of the challenges that whenever companies get bigger and bigger and bigger, because they do really, really well, that's great, except then they become bigger and bigger percentages of the underlying index in a market cap weighted index. So as a result, that can create mean reversion problems, meaning if what goes up must come down, which is true some of the time, if that happens with some of these companies, then the bigger companies that are doing really well will have an outsized impact on the index whenever they do poorly. That's one of the challenges of a market cap weighted index, which the S&P 500 is. But setting that aside for a moment, why is it that my client thought a stock index was safe? Probably because they had heard some of the benefits that these are good. Indices are desirable ways to access stock market returns because they're low turnover and low cost, which I would say, yes, I 100% agree with that. It is a great way for a retail investor to get diversified very easily. However, my client was very surprised to hear that, in fact, they're not safe. They're low cost. Yes, they're diversified, sort of. Are they safe in a short period of time? Definitely not. In fact, some are very unsafe. For example, if we look again at the S&P, would you be surprised to know that between October 2008 and March 7th of 2009, the S&P from peak to trough, that means from the very, very top to the very bottom, was down 48%, 48%. So on a $2 million portfolio, I mean, you're looking at almost a million dollars once once all the smoke clears and the carnage has concluded. That happened over a several month period. I wouldn't call that a safe investment if my money can almost get cut in half in a few months. Back in 2020, you may remember there was this thing called the coronavirus. We didn't really know what was going on back in January and February of 2020. As the headlines ratcheted up in their intensity, we started to see what was happening in North Italy and in China and elsewhere. Markets freaked out and in a, a few weeks, 
the S&P 500, again, this 504 security, very low cost, somewhat diversified basket of U.S. companies was down 32% in one month. Does that sound safe to you? I would say uh, not that safe. And, and I'm looking at large, stable, pretty reliable in general, U.S.-based companies. If we look at smaller companies, and there are indexes to track smaller companies. For example, the Russell 2000. The Russell 2000 tracks small cap U.S. companies still based in the United States, but generally of a smaller size between one and five billion of market cap. Many of these are names that you would have never heard of. And in general, whenever the S&P does good, the Russell 2000 does even better. <laughs> but when the S&P does badly, the Russell 2 does even more badly. So if we think back to 2008, the S&P was down 48%. The Russell 2000 was down 53. So more than half of your money was lost in a few months. And back in 2020, during coronavirus, small cap US companies were off 40% in just a couple weeks, 40%. So again, if you're somebody who wants to buy a house, you split your money 50-50 between large and small US companies in a quote unquote safe index approach. If this is 2020 and you're getting ready to move into the real estate market, you, you blink and that 100,000 turns into 60,000 very quickly, 70,000. That's not where you wanna put money <laughs> that you need to be there for a short-term short -term purchase. So all this is to say, and I'm not disparaging index funds, they're a useful tool for many investors, but you gotta think about the time horizon associated with the money you're investing and definitely don't assume that because something is an index fund, it's safe. Indices still move quickly when economic and market news happens, and they can, for prolonged periods of time, do poorly. Anybody who's right now in their 30s may be too young to remember 2008, 2009, but those were times when some of the smartest people, smartest finance people that I've, I know, and I don't know them personally, but I've heard them talk about you know, watching congressional votes about should we bail out AIG, yes or no, and they, it was their opinion that the economy was so harmed and damaged that the fate of the future of capitalism was hanging on these votes. That's that's how bad things got. And in those moments, owning pieces of an index fund was not a stable or safe investment. Even if the US companies com that comprise that index are ones that we would typically think of as stable, safe, reliable, trustworthy. So think about the time frame and think about the use for the cash. If, if we're talking this money is for 30 years, for 20 years from now, the longer the time horizon that you're looking at, the more and more likely it is that any stock portfolio or any index fund is going to return a positive return. If we're talking a three month, six month, one year, three year time frame, you're getting a lot closer to a coin flip. Now, really a coin flip is like one day. Is the stock market up tomorrow? Yes or no? That's a coin flip. Once you get to a year and three years, then the percentages start to get like, yeah, it's maybe 73% or 85% likely that the market will be up. But it's also possible in that other, you know, if it's 85% that it'll be up, it's that 15% encapsulates some very bad downside scenarios. So if you're thinking about, you know, right now, <laughs> maybe you're like me, you're looking around at this real estate market thinking, I'd like to buy a house, I need to save for a down payment, I want to put that money somewhere that is reasonable. Don't say I want something safe like index funds because the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, and any of their stock-based friends, they're not safe. They can swing wildly in short periods of time. 
And understanding that is very important to protect the money that you need to protect for the short, short term and make sure that, you know, whenever you're moving towards that purchase of a house or that buy-in for a practice or a surgery center or another significant financial commitment, that that money is going to be there when you need it. So that's all I've got for today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of APM Success. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.